Live from the Hot Stove Lounge, the Flames Talk post-game show starts now. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. All right, your final score here at the Scotiabank Saddledome. Flames fall 4-3 to the Dallas Stars. We're underway on your Flames Talk post-game show. My name is Pat Steinberg, and uh, let's head to the Flames dressing room right now and get some immediate post-game reaction to kick us off on our Flames Talk post-game. We uh, say hello to a gentleman who made his NHL debut on this Wednesday night, scored a goal in it as well. Let's say hello to uh, Connor Zeri post-game. Connor, appreciate the time. I I guess, first of all, uh, just uh, your overall thoughts. Uh, A hard-fought game. I know not the result you're looking for uh, just overall how do you see this one tonight yeah I think um, for me being my first NHL game I think uh, personally as well obviously not the not the result we wanted we, we really pushed in the third I think that's that's the kind of hockey everyone wants to see out of out of this team so uh, I think that's a positive to take forward but overall it's uh, it was it was special for me but not the not the perfect outcome well tell us uh uh, just just take us through the day. I know you were being coy with us this morning on whether or not you were playing, but uh, take us through the day, the solo lap. You're, you scored less than six minutes into your first game. Just take us through everything and how it all came together today, Connor. Yeah, it's uh, it's been pretty special. Uh, um, just finding out that I was going to be in the lineup uh, this morning and then um, just, you know, making sure everyone has tickets. I know everyone is coming in this morning and family and, and friends. So just making sure everyone had tickets and, and everything to, to be able to be here and, and uh, see my dream come true. But but not only that, my family's kind of dream come true. I know uh, how hard they work. So it was pretty special to me. I kind of went home, tried to get a nap in. I fell asleep. But once it hit about 1.30, I, I woke up and uh, there wasn't no going back to sleep. I think it was just so much nervous excitement. My heart rate was probably at 120 and I hadn't even moved out of bed yet. So um, it, it was pretty exciting. And, and like I said, again, it's... Um, it's something that I'll, I won't ever forget. Um, obviously, the outcome wasn't what we wanted, but uh, the fact that I got to come out here and, and kind of live my childhood dream out and, and uh, to be able to have my mom and dad here and, and my grandma and my brother, I, I know those four are, are, are really important are really important to me and, and kind of everyone that's, that's helped me along the way. How, uh, how, how did the solo lap go? Did you black out? Yeah, I think I think a little bit. Um, there was a couple guys trying to trying to take my helmet, and make sure I didn't have it on to go out there, and then kind of just went out there. And I don't remember too much. I hope I hope I looked good, but um, other than that, no, I don't don't remember too much. But uh, it's something something that's going to be the highlight of my my life, my career forever. What uh, what did you see on the goal that you scored? Walk us through the uh, one nothing goal tonight, Connor. Yeah, not too much. I just uh, I saw Cads kind of roll up and and uh, slipped the puck to Tanny and, and realized that Cads was kind of climbing so I, I could leave the point that I was filling in for and kind of just went to the net, got behind the defenseman and, and got a lucky bounce off Ottinger right into my stomach and then it ended up just dropping and I was kind of just standing behind the goalie on the goal line and was able to shovel it in. So they ain't always pretty, but uh, it's something, like I said, I'm going to remember for the rest of my life. A goal's a goal, so um, that's always cool. Final thought for you, Connor. What can you take from this experience? You learned about the, the pacing of an NHL game. You learned about the momentum swings of an NHL game. What what learning experiences can you take out of this game tonight? Yeah, I think I think tons. I think there's there's so much to kind of bottle up from the one game. I think there was a lot of nerves and, and excitement in the first period, but once I kind of got my legs into it, got got a, got up to the pace of play, I found that I, I fit right in. It's just making quick plays and kind of always having your head up and uh, making sure that half second before you even get the puck that you know where that puck's going next. So I think those are little things that you just got to know for coming forward and, and, and hopefully moving forward in this league. 
Connor, really appreciate the time. Congratulations on the goal. Congratulations on your first NHL game. Thanks so much for doing this, hey? Thanks so much, guys. Appreciate it. That's Connor Zeri. He made his NHL debut tonight and scored in on his first shot, scored in his first game, made it one nothing at 528, almost scored again with a highlight reel rush in the third period, but wasn't able to beat Jake Ottinger as we're underway on your Flames Talk postgame show. It's uh, Pat Steinberg along with you following a 4-3 Flames loss to the Dallas stars make it six straight and eight of nine as the real tough stretch to start the season continues and uh there's kind of the the real positive of what we saw from connor zeri and then the the negative of the reality of where the flames are right now uh apple spotify google amazon or wherever you get your podcast and of course live right here on sportsnet 960 the fan megan mickelson Derek wills with us as well on our flames talk post game show and micka let, let's Let's start positive. Our marquee matchup brought to you by Country Hills Toyota just flows better going from Connor Zeri, and he was the focus <laughs> of our uh, marquee matchup as well. Uh, that was a really impressive first NHL game for Zeri. He was all over the place. He was dangerous, and he gets to score in his first NHL game as well. Well, I'll be honest. In the preseason, I thought he was good. I didn't think he was outstanding. So coming into this game tonight, I was really curious to see what he was going to be like and the type of game that he was going to bring as well. Obviously, with nine assists in the American Hockey League, they brought him up for his playmaking. But I think he did so much more than that and brought so much to this group he was a threat when he had the puck in the offensive zone but he was also unpredictable that's something I've talked about you know in the flames the way that they're playing oftentimes is they're too predictable when you're predictable you're really easy to defend and he was he was not he was the opposite of that and he was a lot more dynamic than I expected him to be as well so just you know, from that standpoint, from an offensive standpoint, I thought he was really, really strong for all of those reasons. But then also his play away from the puck, I thought was strong as well. His his positioning and just watching him um, in the offensive zone when he didn't have it, if there was a turnover, making sure he was that high F3 in the offensive zone, um, working his tail off on the back check. The plays that he made on the breakout as a winger, that's a really tough play to make. Uh, on the wall there when you're under pressure, and he did a, a really nice job. And then, I mean, in your first NHL game, scoring a goal, but then also when the goalie's pulled with one minute left, yeah. and you're the guy that the coach is putting out on the ice, that shows a ton of confidence as well. So just a, a really impressive game by Connor Zary and just brought a lot that this team is in need of right now. You said the word a couple times. I'm going to repeat it. Confidence. It's a pretty powerful thing. Leads the Calgary Wranglers with 10 points in six games. Playing for a team that has yet to lose in regulation time at 5-0-1 to start the season. Built confidence, came in with confidence, played with confidence. I thought he was fantastic. I thought he was one of the Flames' best players. And he was about a millimeter away from scoring a goal that we would have seen in the highlight reel tonight and for a long time to come. He was terrific in his NHL debut. Um, so that is Connor Zeri's NHL debut, and and now to the the not so fun stuff. And uh, we welcome in Jason LaBarbera, Flames goaltending coach as well. It's Pat, Derek, Megan around the table. Uh, Barb's uh, the the group the group fought hard. Look at Mick; she's a pro. She already a knew knew now. immediately Can what you, you needed to do. Yeah. Um, 
It's it's been a rough stretch. You fought hard tonight, but but didn't get the result. Just kind of, what's the feeling after this one tonight? Well, I, obviously there's frustration. Uh, you know, when you don't get results. You know, I thought there's lots of things for us to build off of tonight. You know, I thought, you know, we we were more connected. Uh, we dug in more. Um, you know, we did a lot of good things. There's like I said, there's things for us to keep building off of. Um, Again, it's it's a it is a result-driven business, and you obviously want to get wins. But as a group, you know, I thought there were some good things tonight. And in terms of um, keeping the high danger chances lower, I know it's something that you guys have talked quite a bit about. It seemed like tonight you guys kept them to the perimeter a little bit more and helped Jacob out in that sense. Not that he needed any help. Um, do you feel that that was something that that the group did well tonight? Well. A lot of times when you're giving up high dangers, a lot of it is a result of bad puck management, you know, and I think that's been a big issue for us the last start, well, the start of the year really is our puck management. Um, you know, and it's something that we've obviously talked ad nauseum about, and uh, I thought we ha we managed the puck a lot better tonight, which, uh, you know, gave us, you know, a chance to stick around the game and um, give up maybe maybe less, more high dangers maybe than we have. I don't know about you, but I really liked the first period and thought you guys were unlucky to be tied at 1 through 20 minutes. Obviously, I really liked the third period and thought you guys were really unlucky to only score one goal. But sandwiched in between the second period, it looked like there was a lull there. Um, what did you see, and, and how can you maybe uh, ensure that those don't happen, at least for as long moving forward? Yeah, I mean, they ramped it up in the second, obviously. Um, you know... Everybody wants to play 60 minutes. That's that's the key to, you know, a lot of success. And, and uh, when you're trying to find your way still a little bit, you're going to have lulls like that. And, and, you know, to their credit, they, they did. They ramped it up, and they were they were pressing quite a bit there in the second. And it got away from us at times um, that period. And, you know, when you give up, you know, one with 10 seconds to go, it's a bit of a backbreaker in a sense. But, I mean, I do give, give the guys credit. They dug in in the third period, and, um you know, they, they they gave themselves a chance. Talking to Jason LaBarbera, Flames goaltending coach, following this 4-3 setback to Dallas tonight. You know, we've talked a lot about Jacob Markstrom's season and, and how he's given you an opportunity to win each and every night. His record will drop to 1-6-1, to and one, though. And I'm just curious from a goaltending coach perspective. You work with Jacob every day. He doesn't care how well he's playing. He's made that very clear. That does not care if he's playing well and the wins aren't coming. So what's what's your role in in trying to balance the the results aren't there, but you're playing some really good hockey right now? Well, it's the old adage. That, I mean, we all talk about process. I mean, it's it's a thing, uh, especially if things aren't going your way as far as results go. You know, you just got to keep sticking with it and and trusting your process and. He's doing a lot of really good things, and uh, he is giving us a chance to win most nights. And um, it can get frustrating, and you can want to try and do things differently, and, and uh, you know, but that gets you away from your game a little bit. So you, you really, it's 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 hard uh, when it's like I said, when it's not going your way. But you just you, you gotta keep your habits up. You gotta keep your mental game up. You gotta have good, you know, be good in practice. All those little things, like you gotta stick with it, you know, and. It's, a, it's the whole group, right? Everyone's just got to stick together. And in terms of, I guess you talked about the process, and if you look at, like, last game to this game, obviously it was a, a much better 
game from the group in total. It, would you say that this is, um, if you're looking at the process, a step in the right direction in terms of where you guys are looking to go? Uh, I think so, for sure. Um, again, I think one of our biggest culprits has been puck management. I thought we did a much better job with that tonight. Um, you know, not turning the puck over as much, getting pucks deep, playing more north, um, you know, and I thought we created more turnovers by doing that, as, you know, for, for ourselves. So, yeah, again, when you're, when you're not getting results, it's frustrating for everybody and everybody presses, but at the same time, you just, you got to keep doing things right every day. You got to keep yourselves positive. You got to stick together as a group, and that's the biggest thing. I thought Mackenzie Weger was one of your best players in the Heritage Classic on Sunday. What did you think of him tonight? Because it looked to me like he was in beast mode for, for most of this one. Yeah, Weegs has, Weegs has come on a bit in the last little while, and, you know, he, he's uh, he, he's a good player. And, you know, he, you need him to be consistent every single night. Uh, he's got, I think, you know, as we go, he's going to be playing more minutes, and, um, you know, he's, he's got to find ways to navigate, you know, all that for himself. And, and that's what you want out of, you know, not only him, but everybody, just the consistency every night. And um, he's becoming a much more reliable player in that sense. Thank you, Barbs. Really appreciate the time. Hey, thanks, guys. That's Jason LaBarbera, Flames goaltending coach, joining us here following a 4-3 loss to the Dallas Stars as we continue along on your Flames Talk postgame show alongside Megan Mickelson and Derek Wills. My name is Pat Steinberg on this Wednesday night. So the uh, the results, and, and as Barbs just said, Derek, uh, uh, a results-driven basis, definitely more things to like in this one tonight than than some of the more recent games, you know, the St. Louis game, the way the, the Oilers game, started they they started urgently the third period they played with a lot of urgency but but as you talked to barbs about there will the that second period lapse and kind of the the wild variance in their in their game that kind of did them in against a very talented stars team tonight just taking a look at the first nine games they played didn't like them in their home and season opener versus the jets but they did find a way to win that game they were really good in the first 40 minutes against the penguins but had a bad third period and, and lost by three. They were okay against the Capitals, but I'm not sure they played as well in that game as they did in this one, and they picked up a point in that game. I know they beat the Sabres, but Devin Levi was just awful in that game. I think the Flames were good, but not great. Uh, not good against the Blue Jackets, really bad against the Red Wings, not good enough against the Rangers, really bad against the Blues, and okay in the final 30 or 40 minutes against the orders but the first 20 or 30 kind of put them in a tough spot i'm not sure they've played a better game this season than they did tonight and uh, chatting See, yeah, but with, I, I gotta push but that second period was yeah that, no, that, i agree but the first period was really good and the third period was really really good but I don't think they played anywhere close to a 60, 60 minutes in any of their first 10 games is the my bu- point. The Buffalo game is the only one that I look to. But even say. then, like, they needed the, the goalie for the other group to just give them a couple or two or three, really. Vladar gave them a couple, too, though. Fair. Um, but, again, playing against, I would say, a lower level of competition in that game as well. The, the second period wasn't good. That's why I asked Jason LaBarbera about it. But I really liked the first period and really, really liked the third period. I did too. And I, I think too. they were the better yeah. of the two teams tonight. But my, I guess my point is, I think it was a step in the right direction. And yeah, the process is important, but ultimately this is a results-based business and they've now lost six in a row. So there were a lot of good things tonight, but 
They've got to play closer to a full 60 minutes, and they've got to find a way to start winning games. And just just to wrap up my mm-hmm. point, we were riding in the elevator with Kelly Rudy and Rick Ball, and uh, they brought up a really good point that quite often when you know teams in a, a winning streak, their game will start to slip a little bit before they actually lose because the intangibles like confidence and momentum kind of carry you, right? And when a team's in a losing streak, it's it's the other way around. That you have to play a couple of good games before you you win. So I feel like this was a good first step for the Flames, but still some work to do. And now they have to stew about this for two days before they play again. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. and the thing is that all of this, you know, they they did play a good game. Will go out the window unless they show up on Saturday night and they play a strong again. game yeah. again, right? So for me, though. Like, as a player, I think what should give this group and fans hope is that you look at the team tonight compared to opening night, and they're a stronger team. I think in the way that they played, agreeing with what you said, I think that, you know, this was this was a solid game from them. And then also in dealing with all they've had to deal with as a group and just how when you go through tough times, that really brings you together as a team and makes you a stronger team as a whole. So looking at them tonight in comparison to game one and just how they've cleaned up different areas, details of their game and how much stronger they are as a group because of what they've gone through. I think that as a player, that that should give you a ton of hope and should give you confidence. And Pat, yeah. I know you push back, but my point. No, no, I, I hear what you're saying. I that I didn't like them really from start to finish in any of their first nine games. And I think you could argue that they played two of their best periods of the season in their 10th game. The problem was the second period. And yeah, you, you don't have to play 60 minutes to win, but you've got to play closer to 60 minutes to win. Yeah. But I do think that they, they got a lot of things straightened out for two of the three periods tonight. And quite often, being the better of the two teams for two of the three periods will help you pick up at least a point, if not two. But I- when you're losing... You, you tend to find ways to lose. And on the flip side, when you're winning, you tend to find ways to win. Yeah. I do think that they've ironed out a lot of the kinks in terms of their systems and what type of team they're going to need to be if they're going to win hockey games. The a last big piece that they really need to figure out is how to ride the momentum swings of a game. Yeah. And when there's yeah. pivotal points in a game where they can really – take a hold and and take the game and run with it they really need to figure that out because that's what happened in that second period is they lost the momentum for a big chunk of time and if you want to win hockey games and be a really good team you can't let that happen for that long and get caught on your heels because like I was saying to you upstairs Wilsey as a player when you get caught on your heels like that against a team with the type of depth that the Dallas Stars have where they have four lines that can come and roll you over mm-hmm. it is really ahead. it yeah. is really yeah. hard to get back in control of that game and back on your toes and back dictating the pace and dictating the play so i think that that's a last big piece that they they really need to sort the, the, out the the variance like you you never and, and and derek i heard you talking about it upstairs like you never play a 60 minute game really those things don't necessarily exist but it's the amount that you ride the the roller yeah. coaster and the swing in the second period was a pretty was a pretty dramatic one. The analogy I used upstairs was they went from being an overdrive in the first period into second gear in the second period. Yeah. 
if you go from overdrive to fifth gear or fourth gear or even third gear, depending on who you're playing and, and on how much they take advantage of, of you having a lull, that might be good enough. But you, you can't go from 60 to zero, yep. to, to use yep. another analogy, like they did for stretches in the second period. Uh, yeah. they've, they've got to tighten things up a little bit. And I think, too, you there's no such thing as playing a perfect hockey game. It just and it's like playing a full sixty minutes. Yeah. But you aim to play a perfect hockey game. Yeah. You aim to play a full sixty minutes, knowing that it just it doesn't exist. But you that's what you have to aim for to try to get there. Yep. Um Okay, uh, we'll get to Hardest Working Flame in a second. We'll get to head coach Ryan Huska in a second. We'll hear him very shortly. Uh, we'll also get your phone calls in a few minutes. 403-240-4444 is the phone number. Text line 969-60. Both are absolutely jammed as the Flames have now lost six straight and eight of nine here going into Seattle on Saturday. But um, a, a couple of things just uh, around around the table. I, I thought, you know... I, we can dwell on the negatives, and, and believe me, the phone lines are going to be negative. So what we can save maybe the negative for the phone line. I did my, – my biggest takeaway on, on – or outside of Zeri, who was great, I thought I thought Nazem Kadri was one yes. of the two or yeah. three best players on the ice. And, and I do think his game has been trending, Mick, in a more positive direction. The Flames – desperately need that and they need that to continue but I thought Kadri was very very impactful tonight listen I have thought that Nazem Kadri has been good all season long and it's probably an unpopular opinion because of his stats his stats haven't been good that's fair I get it he had against the St. Louis Blues I will say he was atrocious that game (laughs) I will agree with that but outside of that, he works his tail off. He plays a gritty, intense game. He drew two penalties tonight as well. That's not something that you know shows up at the top of your stats is drawing penalties. But he's been a guy that I think he's stayed even keel throughout all of this. And he's been through it. He knows what it takes to win. Yeah. And so for me, he's a guy that has been – he's been steady. He's been – He's been good. He hasn't been incredible. And I know that for the amount that he's getting paid that he needs to be incredible. But um, I do think that he has been one of the Flames' better players all season long. And tonight he was he was exceptional. And I said, I really like that line of uh, yeah. him sharing. Aaron Govich yeah. and Zeri, I think you keep that group together. They just seem to connect really well. And something that they brought that we haven't seen all season long was a line that can make plays and make things happen. So I think Nazem Kadri, like I said, I think he's been good all season long. And tonight was a, a step in the right direction, like you said, Pat. Yeah, two points, six shots. Two drawn penalties. He was really good. And I would definitely leave him with Connor Zeri. I do wonder about the fourth line, though. Didn't love Matt Coronado at center. Uh, And if Dylan Dubé can't come back and potentially jump into that spot and push him back to the wing, I do wonder if you try Igor Sharon Golvich between Walker Dewar and uh, A.J. Greer again because that is a line that was working for the Flames and working really well earlier in the season. But I really like Nazem Kadri, and guys, I really liked Mackenzie Wieger. I thought he at times kind of took the game over. Eight shots on goal for Mackenzie Wieger and a goal and an assist. He was really good in this game. And there have been a, a number of games this season where you couldn't, 
count two or three flames that were really good. This wasn't one of those games. There were a bunch of guys who were good and a handful of guys who were really good. So, again, a step in the right direction, but this is a team that's got to start finding ways to win hockey games when they've got their A game or B game or C game. We're getting to the point here where it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, the process is important, but if you want to have a chance to get to the playoffs, you need to start getting the right results. Uh, let's select tonight's hardest-working flame. Final score, 4-3 flames fall to the Dallas Stars here at the Scotiabank. Saddled on the hardest-working flame. Brought to you by Canyon Plumbing and Heating. Are you the hardest-working plumber or HVAC tech? Canyon's hiring. Send resumes to jobs at canyonplumbing.com. Uh, Megan Mickelson on the clock. What do we got for uh, today's hardest-working flame? Well, I'm going to give honorable mentions to Connor Zary, uh, Goal in his first NHL game, no doubt about that. He was absolutely outstanding, and Nazem Kadri as well. But Mackenzie Weger, and because of, I know he was the hardest working flame last game, but I just really think he deserves it. Like he's playing with that edge, that grit, that intensity that this team needs, and I think he's been a leader in the way that he's done that as well. He's also. We played a bag of minutes, 22, um, 10, um, eight shots on goal, 10 attempted total. He's my hardest working flame. I like it. Uh, Mackenzie Weger, your hardest working flame. And the hardest working flame brought to you by Canyon Plumbing and Heating. Want to get recognized and rewarded for your achievements? Learn from the best. Send your resume to jobs at canyonplumbing.com. Uh, final thoughts from our broadcast duo now uh, before we hit the phone lines and get to the text line. Uh, as Calgary's now lost six in a row, they'll try to snap this skid Saturday in Seattle. Final thoughts starting with Megan Mickelson. Yeah, a step in the right direction for sure. A lot more urgency, a lot more pace to their game. Just needed to clean up that, I would say, chunk of 10 to 12 minutes in the second period where they got caught on their heels a little bit. But really liked the pushback in the third period. And they had 22 shots in that third period and really just tried to, to pile it on. Really like Jacob Markstrom. I thought having Rasmus Anderson back in the lineup was a big boost for, for the group. You know, sometimes you don't realize how much you missed a player until they're out of the lineup. And I think that was definitely the case with Rasmus Anderson. So great to have him back. Um, a lot of good things from Mackenzie Weger, as I just mentioned. And then a lot of great things up front as well, just in terms of playing a more uh, dynamic game in terms of their offense. They were getting pucks to the net, which they've done quite well as of late but they had that second third effort and players in the blue paint so i think that if they can you know clean up that the figuring out those momentum swings in the game there are good things to come for this group well i don't think anybody was asking what number connor zary was after his nhl debut <laughs> he was fantastic tonight one of the best flames and i got to be honest. I looked at his stats in the American Hockey League. One goal, nine assists, ten points in six games and thought, okay, they're bringing up a playmaker. And he can certainly make plays. But he looked like a goal scorer in this hockey game, too. He, he scores his first NHL goal on his first shot in his first game. Third shift, in case you're wondering. And he was dangerous from start to finish. So congratulations to Connor Zary and his mom and his dad and his brother and his grandma who came in for his uh, first ever NHL game. 
there were a lot of Flames who really brought it tonight, and that was good to see. And they played closer to a full 60 minutes than they have in quite some time, but uh, not close enough uh, against a really good Stars team. So definitely a game to build on, but again, uh, as important as the process is, it's a results-based business, and they've got to find a way to start yep. winning hockey games. And uh, the good news is, uh, I know it's hard to find these days, but the good news is they've only played one game against the Pacific Division team, and that was their game against the Orders on Sunday. They got a, a game against the Pacific Division team coming up on Saturday, and you're going to have to win those proverbial four-pointers to get back in the playoff race. So looking forward to seeing if they can uh, string three periods together uh, for a big game against the Kraken in a few days. Thank you, friends. Okay, Pat, Thanks, good luck. Pat. Derek Wills, Megan Mickelson signing off. Let's hear from head coach Ryan Huska. His postgame thoughts just wrapping up a few minutes ago following a 4-3 loss here at the Dome to the Dallas Stars. What did you think of uh, your team's effort tonight? Um, it was better. I liked the resolve in the third period. You know, we had a, a lull in the second period, which cost us the night. Um, but there was pushback in the third period, and, and it seemed like we were starting to get our, our game going a little bit. I get that this is a results-based business, but it's also a process for you guys that you're trying to you know, put something together over 82 games. Does it feel like this was a step in the right direction? Um, yeah. There was, uh, the start of the game for us was good. We did a lot of good things in the first period. Um, there was a portion of the second was good until you know, the, the lull I mentioned earlier. And the third period was more of um, you know, our team showing a little bit of swagger. You know, it's not easy when you're going through these stretches of games, but... Um, you know, the only way to get out of it is together. And I thought in the third period we did a much better job of that. How do you, how do you uh, prevent those lulls from happening or, or yeah, how do, you, how do you prevent them? Yeah, it's it's sticking with it. I mean, that's the, the biggest thing that when there is a shift in momentum, which happens in every game, um, it's bound to happen no matter what time it is. You have to dig in and find a different level to make sure you shift it back so you don't let it last for very long. And that's the biggest thing. So you need someone or a line or a pair um, to step up and say that's enough. we got to get the momentum back on our side, and uh, we have to get to that sooner than later for sure. And you you experienced the, all the emotions that come with getting to play your first NHL yeah. game a long time ago. Can you just assess what you saw out of Connor's area? Uh, I, I thought Connor was excellent tonight. He played with confidence. He played with courage, and um, he was one of our, our better forwards tonight for sure. You've seen Connor out late in the game, a sign that the coach likes what he's done for the first 59 minutes of the well, game. Well, he had impact tonight. When he was on the ice, there was there was impact. I mean, there was, uh, you know, a few things on, on the defensive side of the puck that, you know, you, you can work with him on. But I thought when he was on the ice, he skated. Um, he wanted the puck, and he made plays when he had it, and he didn't do it in a risky or unreliable way. So I, I thought for his first night, he, he had a very good night. What were your impressions of uh, Coronado at center? Um... It was just, it was a bit of a struggle for him in that line tonight. Did he with Zary? Like, did he, did he like what he brought out of Sharangovich as well? It seemed like they played. They they did. I, I liked the line. Um, there was a little bit of um, you know Naz was skating tonight too. You know, you look at the stats and I think he ends up a minus two if I'm not mistaken. But he was competitive tonight where um, he wanted a different result. You can see that, and I thought his line mates um, helped him for sure in that regard. I like I like that line. Right, and that third period swagger, when you don't get the end result, how, yeah. how can a coach help the guys sort of carry that forward? Uh, I think it's our job to remind them of why they had success in the third period. So whether it's showing them, um, whether it's grabbing individuals or a, a little short leadership meeting, there's all sorts of different ways where you can 
kind of reinforce what they did was right. And if they're consistent with it and they can do that for 60, um, we'll find our way out of this. What were the biggest things that were right in that third? Uh, we were much quicker with the puck, and we managed it much better through the neutral zone, and we played on our toes in the offensive zone. So we were hem hemming them in a little bit more than we did in the earlier portions of the game. You always hear that you don't want to allow a goal late in the period, but was that goal at the end of the first? You guys have played pretty well. You were up. Was that a gut punch? Uh, that's a tough one to give up, and it's a little bit of an unfortunate kind of read i think a lot of those plays go to the goalie and normally times power plays change and they trust their goalie but that one stopped before the um, trapezoid so marky couldn't touch it so um, you don't like seeing that one go in for sure so you have to you have to find a way to make sure that doesn't happen is that communication coach coming off of the line change that uh, someone's got to pick up that guy coming into the zone i think it's more of of just assuming that the puck was going to get to marky so in, in that situation guys are changing um, and they think they're fine to do that, but it, the puck didn't make it all the way there, so you can't change at that time. There you go. That is head coach Ryan Huska post-game following tonight's 4-3 loss to the Dallas Stars. My name is Pat Steinberg. We're underway on your Flames Talk post-game show. The phone lines are open at 403-240-4444. The text line is open at 969-60. Your phone calls, your texts, more looks inside the Flames locker room coming up as we continue along. Flames Talk post-game on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts, and we get to it next. Uh, stay with us. Your Flames Talk post-game show continues around the corner, and this is Cal Flames Hockey on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. The Flames Talk post-game show continues from the Tot Stove Lounge on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Okay, final score. Flames fall 4-3 to the Dallas Stars. Make it six consecutive losses as the frustration continues for Calgary. They've lost eight of their last nine. And uh, here we are. The Flames really going through it. They dropped to 2-7-1 and one on the year with this one goal loss to Dallas. Was was this game better? Sure, absolutely. They were, they were better in a lot of different ways. They played a good first and a good third. That that wild variance in in their game and and their inability to effectively ride momentum and and to ride it effectively and to not let momentum win has really really hurt them and and when they are riding the momentum or when the momentum is swinging they've got to do a better job of not having it completely derail a hockey game and that's exactly what happened in the second period they got derailed they made they made the mistake late in the first they had the coverage mistake on the tying goal early in the second they had the coverage mistake on the Dadanov goal that they just allowed the the entry too easily, and then they they kind of just got a little running around and and let that Mason Marchment goal uh, on the 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 weird kind of bounce but misplay from Hannafin, and just like that it's four two. And I'm sorry, it does not matter how many shots you get on net in the third period. We all remember what Jake Ottinger did in the spring of 2022, and. We can see that he has a 940 save percentage. You dig yourself a two-goal hole against a 5-1-1 team that has been going to the Final Four and is one of the best goaltenders in the NHL, you're not always going to come all the way back. And they pushed, and they showed resolve. Wasn't enough, and now they've lost six in a row. And so we can talk about the process, and we will. We can talk about some of the positives, and we have – but at this point, they don't outweigh the fact that they're 2-7-1. and one. 
They have had a nightmare 10 game start to the season. They've dug themselves a gross hole, and now they're in a really, really tough spot. And they've got significant organizational decisions hanging over their head, like the future of Elias Lindholm, like the future of Noah Hannafin. And a lot of those decisions, many of those decisions, are tied to the way they play here in the early stages of the season. Their first month, their first 10 games. It's a big fat yuck, even with a better game tonight in a losing effort against Dallas. Um, Let's uh, get to tonight's save of the game. Brought to you by Shane Holmes. Jacob Markstrom making his fourth straight start. And Jacob brought us his save of the game in period number two. Hints. Your side to Haskinen, into the high slot. Robertson holds it and centers it. Pavelski is robbed by Markstrom. Wow, what a save. That ends up being one of the 27 stops made tonight by Jacob Markstrom, and that is his save of the game brought to you by Shane Holmes. For every save a Flames goaltender makes, Shane Holmes makes a donation to Kids Sport Calgary. Visit ShaneHolmes.com, the better way to build, and uh, definitely give... Jacob credit again gave his team an opportunity to win they don't and I know that that's all he cares about we asked Jason LaBarbera about that a little earlier all that guy cares about is the W's and the L's doesn't care how many saves he's made or how well he's played but I do think that that was a another solid outing for Jacob Markstrom and so uh, in that respect uh, that that would be a positive coming out of this game as well um, we'll go back inside the Flames locker room a little bit later on but I do think we'll we'll we'll, we'll save Mackenzie Weger for a little bit it is time to dive in on the text line and the phone lines I think uh, there's lots of people who uh, want to talk let's start with Tex at 969.60 starting with Charlie uh, Pat I'm really pleased with the addition of Zeri in the lineup tonight he looks like he belongs in the NHL and he brought a lot of energy. Uh, we weren't able to come out with a win, but it was generally a solid performance for a good portion of the game. Let's hope they can keep up this momentum. And I'll say this, Zeri ain't coming out of the lineup. They have the ability if Dubé's ready to return. I think there's a decent chance Dubé will be able to play on Saturday. This is not a, a major or serious thing. So even if Dubé comes back Saturday... I still think Zeri's staying in with the way that he's played. I don't really think that there is any reason to take him out. They've got enough cap room. They've got enough roster room to keep Zeri for a little bit. You know, if both Dubé and Rizicka are ready to come back, maybe a little bit different. But if you're Connor Zeri, in my eyes, you've earned yourself a second NHL game on Saturday in Seattle. No doubt about it. Uh, this says, great game from Zeri with his start. Pelche returning at some point. Dubé and Rizicka out. Combined with the Flames' place in the standings, might be time to send Coronado to the Wranglers for some more pro experience. I'm curious to see where things go with Coronado. I would not be um, going down to the American League yet with him, but I am curious to see where this story goes with Matt. Um, this says, I don't understand why Hunt is playing so far up the lineup and Coronado's centering the fourth line. I feel bad for him, but also Backlund and Coleman, both of them are 20 goal players, but they're anchored to this year's uh, to this year's Richie, uh, who is Hunt. Why not put Coronado on that line and have Hunt center the fourth line? Pat, can you tell me, has Coronado even played center before? Has the coach lost trust in him? To me, the coach is wasting him. So a few things. First of all, the reason I think they went with Hunt with those guys is because they really use the Backlund line in this game and like the um, 
just just overall, like that backland line is typically used in a very, very defensive way. Um, so, you know, they, they get a lot of tough matchups and they get a lot of D-zone starts. And so they felt like Hunt and his skill set works well with that combination, less about offense in that respect. Um, I, I don't know if Coronado centering line four is the way to go. Um I don't think it was a lack of trust. I don't think you put him at center if you don't trust him, but I don't know if that's the best place for him. He has played center before, though. In fact, he played it for almost the entire World Championships this year with Team USA and played it rather extent, not extensively, but but somewhat frequently anyway when he was at Harvard as well. So answering a few of those questions anyway. Uh, this says, I really like how Weaker consistently shows up and keeps his head in it. He's making good plays and putting in work. I want to see more of the team doing the same. Zeri's pretty cool, too. Love that the rookies aren't getting more ice time. I do know that this has been a mostly negative start to the year, but it is refreshing to see the young players getting opportunities that they have to this point. This says definitely one of the more positive games the Flames have played. Unfortunate loss, but could have easily gone their way with some lucky bounces or without a few costly mistakes. If they could put 60 together that looked like the first and third, they'd win a lot of games. They're moving in the right direction. Jacob says, I'm interested to see the Doomers take on this game. Thought they looked way better and could see this being the game that turns the team around. Could very well be. Um... This says from Mike and McKenzie, I can stomach that type of loss. At least there was effort and tenacious checking. You need to see some positive signs before they're going to start winning. The optimist in me says tonight is that night. We'll see. They've got Seattle on Saturday, another pretty desperate team. Uh, Brad says, this is the first game they nearly played a complete game of hockey as a team, and despite the loss, it was actually fun to watch. And how about Zeri? That outside-inside move to almost tie it with shades of Bennett against Pittsburgh. Loved his energy, and it seemed to fuel the whole bench. You saw it in Uyghur, Huberdo, and Kadri tonight especially. Hopefully the Flames can build on this effort on Saturday. Lots of positive text to start us off. Um, this says, second period breakdowns up being the killer. Markstrom was good once again, but they needed that extra save and unfortunately didn't get it. Huberdo, although he was held off the score sheet, looked a lot more engaged and comfortable making plays. I thought Kadri also looked much better. I think we can all agree Zeri's earned himself another game. Agree. That's from Nate in Red Deer. Uh, Jeff in Lethbridge says they showed good spirit and energy. Even if they lose a game like this, at least fans don't feel cheated by the effort. Zeri and Uyghur were studs tonight. Others have to follow. Uh, this from Dan and Cochran. Uh, G'day, Pat. Good to see Zeri come out firing. All the talk about rebuilding. I think the Flames could do it relatively quick. They already have their goalie of the future in theory and a lot of good young support pieces both in the lineup and coming up the ranks. Coronado, Zeri, Pelche, Rizicka, Solovia, Poirier, etc. Just need a few aces on forward in defense like Hughes and Pedersen. Easier said than done, of course, but a few years with higher picks and a few extra high picks by trading the UFAs could very well bring in some of those aces they need. Again, easier said than done, but it's doable. Dumping Huberdeau or Kadri now would be a mistake. The cost to offload would be astronomical. They can wait until they need the cap space when the rebuild's done. By then, the cap will be higher and the remaining terms will be lower, which equals a cheaper dump cost. This rebuild can be done quickly and effectively if they get the much-needed high picks and hit on them. They don't need to wait for these contracts to expire. It's not all doom and gloom here. Go Flames. Um... This says uh, a couple more texts before we hit the phone lines. Pat, exciting game tonight, even with not the result we'd like to see from the Flames. 
Zeri was very strong. I liked what I saw from Uyghur as well, and I thought Kadri had one of his better games. Quick question on the potential trades that may come. What's your thought on if the Flames could pry back a player like Dawson Mercer in one of those trades? I would suggest no, just because I think New Jersey really likes what Mercer brings to that group, and New Jersey has eyes on doing good things this year. I don't think the Devils trade away impact makers if they're adding. Um, I think they're keeping guys like Mercer and players of that ilk, but would be more willing to part with you know, high picks, first-round picks, prospects who aren't playing, stuff like that. And finally, this says, Pat, not going to criticize the boys' play. I thought they deserved better. Just want to say that watching Connor Zary was special. I hope he can breathe some life into the franchise. Mr. Conroy, please take care of the young guys. There is uh, our text line at 960-960. Great stuff there. Back to it shortly, but now to the phone lines we go at 403-240-4444. Flames fall 4-3 to the Dallas Stars. We're underway on your Flames Talk postgame show. My name is Pat Steinberg, and let's kick it off on the phone lines by saying hello to Trevor. What's going on, Trevor? Hey, Pat. Long-time listener. Love your show. Welcome uh, aboard. Holy crap. If Connor Zari plays like that even for a few games, my God. Young core, bring it on. Holy doing that move on uh, whatever defenseman that was. Wow. Yeah, cool. that was a re- that was a really, really nice move. It's too bad he didn't score on that. I, I, I mean, it. I know this organization's been hesitant to put young players in, but that's what happens when you have speed and potential skill. Like, I, I'm happy for the kid. He deserves a spot. He's been in this organization a while. I'm glad to see him play. Um, and I am actually kind of happy that I heard that Conroy is not doing contract extensions at the moment for Lindholm and Hannafin. I know Lindholm's got an assist, but he looks still invisible to me. I'm just going to say it. I mean, your number one centerman hasn't scored, what, since second or third game? It's not really good. And I'm just interested to hear uh, what you say, what you think you're going to get back for those two guys. And uh, one more thing. Yep. Uh, the power play. I really don't understand the bump back pass. Like, it's everybody's just waiting for that. It's so predictable. Well, it depends. Like, the whole depends. power play they don't, is predictable. They don't, they don't use it the same way they did when Johnny was here. Like, when you've got a player True. like Johnny Gaudreau, I'm using the bump back pass every single time because Johnny Gaudreau is one of the top, I don't know, two to four players on earth entering an offensive zone on the power play. Like, I, I don't – I could think of Connor McDavid. I could think of Nathan McKinnon, maybe one or two other players with the puck on their stick, five on four, who enter the zone better than Johnny Gaudreau. I, I, I can't think of many more. And so when you had Johnny, one of the elite power play entry man on the planet – yeah, you bump it back all time, all day, every day because it works ninety five percent of the time. They don't use it as much anymore because they don't have that guy. You know, sometimes Kadri's good. Kadri's a good power play entry man. He's not elite, um, but they don't really have that guy that they need to bump it back. So they they do it at times. They they, they it's not anywhere near as um, pronounced as it was when Johnny was here. So yeah, I, I know some people don't like the bump back, but enough teams do it because it is. Is a, it is an effective way of entering the zone as much as people think it looks silly or, or it stalls momentum. it's a If you've got the right personnel, it's a very effective way of entering the offensive zone. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah, fair. It, definitely. If you have a player like that ilk, it's going to work almost 90% of the time. I just think this power play, there's not mo- movement enough. Like the defensemen move, but then none of the forwards really move. Like that's what I'm seeing. 
I'd like to see just more movement and just simplify. Fair They're enough. trying to do cross screen passes that are that, just that I can agree with. E- that, that I easy can agree to with. easy to see. And uh, last thing, if this organization really wants to go into a rebuild or a retool, however you want to word it, go for it. If that young play, players play like that with speed and skill, I don't think we have to worry about being in the muck for that long. That's the hope, and we'll see if they decide to go down that down that road. I don't think it's completely out of the question. I'll say that much. Well, thank you very much, Pat, and I'll let you get back to your callers. Uh, go on with a great show, and talk to you some other time. Yeah, call back any time, Trevor. Good stuff, man. Be well, hey? Yeah, you too. Thanks, buddy. 403-240-4444 is your phone number following a Flames 4-3 loss to the Dallas Stars. We're underway on your Flames Talk postgame show with Will up next on the phone lines. What's up, Will? Hey, Pat. What's up? Uh, anyhow, uh, tonight was probably the best game I've seen from the Flames this year. Um, it's very unfortunate that they got the record that they do. I do believe a rebuild is probably the most likely thing to do. Um, Connor Zary, I like seeing the guy. And I would like to see him on a line with... Uh, Matthew Coronado and Andrew Majapani. So you want Zeri in the middle of that line? Yeah, I want Zeri at center. Sure, why not? I mean, I, there, I, I'm at this point. I, I I didn't mind the line combinations tonight, so you could probably um, you could probably keep them together for a little while. But if Zeri keeps earning his ice time, sure, why not? If if they or in a spot where they need to juggle them up, that would be that'd be fun at some point. Sure, I'd like to see that line, just see what it has. Um, but uh, yeah, I I totally think that this team should probably rebuild. Let's see what we got uh, for the younger guys, and get rid of uh, some of these older guys, and you know. Um, I've been watching for a long time, and what I'm seeing from this team, I don't see a big loss on letting a lot of these players go and at least have some of those young guys come up and give us some entertaining hockey. We're already losing. Why not? Well, I mean, they have. Right, I mean, they played Zeri tonight. They played Solovyov the last two games prior to tonight. Coronado's played all year. I mean, this this new regime has given way more time to young players. Part of it by necessity, but part of it by design through their first ten games. Like that, that that they they've they've practiced what they've preached so far. And Solovyov, I I liked him. Yeah, so I thought, why he, I thought he had a good two game in? stint. Why was he in tonight and not that uh, Slobiov? Well, Slobiov's back in the American League now. They, they, it's a numbers game, so they had to send him back. Oh, so it was just cap cap uh, issues or what? Well, just they, you can only have 23 players on your roster, plus there's a salary cap. So as soon as Rasmus Anderson was ready to return from his suspension, they sent Slobiov down. Okay. Austerly, I would rather send down... Uh, before that, uh, so we'll be off. But, uh, yeah. Anyhow, on Shillington, what are what are we seeing on this guy for a timeline? 
Don't know. I honestly don't know. Okay. Yeah. Like, I wish I had more for you, but they don't know. Nobody nobody knows. I mean, Oliver probably doesn't know right now. Do we even know why he's, uh, why he's been out? It doesn't matter. Okay. It's, it's, he's, he's dealing with he's dealing with a lot and, personal uh, issues. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty messed up, and so it's none of our business. And and um, yeah, no, fair enough. It ain't good. All right, well, okay, my friend. Um, yeah, but have a yeah, great night. Hey, see a lot more of these young players. Well. They're moving in that direction, or they've done so so far. So uh, I appreciate it. Hey, you have yourself a great night. You too. Thanks, Pat. Thanks, Will. Let's uh, say hello to George on the phone lines. 403-240-4444 is your phone number following a 4-3 loss to Dallas. What's up, George? Not much, Patty. How are you doing tonight? Oh, your phone is garbage again. It's uh, back to the trash pail phone, but it, uh, it'll, it'll work. What's up? Oh, man. Okay, well, let's try this. Um... Well, like do you have do you have nice one phone? Do you have one phone that's a, a real phone and the other that's a potato? Is that how it works? Because like no, buddy, to... honestly, I'm using the same phone. <laughs> I, I don't know what's going on. It it literally sounds like you're like Houston. We have a problem. It sounds like you're on the moon. But anyway, we, I can I can understand you. We're good. I, I I only like making fun of you because every once in a while your phone is just garbage. But uh, let's go. What are we what 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 are we feeling? All right, buddy. Well, it is nice to hear that the majority of fans are, you know, embracing the tank, so to speak. It's just the time is nigh, you know. It just it seems like the only direction to go to. And I will say that the best part of this season for me by far so far has been Condor's right tonight. That was uh, <laughs> kind of gave me a Sven Berti vibes back in the day when he played his first couple of games. Um, I'm very glad that management is living up to their words and uh, giving young players opportunities. I mean, they've lived up to the end of the bargain. And it's good. It's exciting because when you have so much negativity and, you know, things going so astray with this team, it's like that's one thing personally, Patty, I like seeing like young players come up. I like seeing guys like that get opportunities, especially players that have earned it. And the players that have played so far, like Coronado uh, through training camp and, you know, Solovioff and now Zeri, they've all earned their opportunities too. It's not like they're just, you know, flipping the coin and be like, well, let's just take this guy from the AHL. You know, they've earned their opportunities, you know? Yep, 100%. Um, Conroy here, I think he's going to have to move pretty quick and make some moves. I know he's just said and done, but right now, like especially on like Hannafin and Randall, with each passing game, I feel like their their trade value diminishes. And so I, I know it's, it's a rough spot to be in right now, but like, what do you think a timeline is here to get rid of some of these guys? Well, get get rid is a silly way of putting it because you're trying to max it. Like you get rid of things you don't want, you trade away and try to maximize good assets. And so the timeline, I think, yeah, yeah, but I, I, but I I think it's important. The only reason I I went all semantics on you there is because I think it's important to really think about that when you're looking at a timeline like you want to maximize Noah Hannafin you don't want to trade him away tomorrow just because ah well we're not signing him so first trade wins you want to you want to get a first round pick plus same thing with Lindholm you want to get a few teams interested in him and get the best deal that's out there and so that's the reason why I I I you know, got all technical on you because that's the way the Flames have to approach that. This so the timeline I think is any time between now and the trade deadline, 
And that doesn't mean it couldn't be in a week, but it also means that you can still be patient with this and and let it play out properly so you can hit a much better looking, uh, you can make a whole lot more contact on the the hit that you're going to have here. Oh, very true. And the only thing that I'm afraid of, Pat, is the way things are going, especially with Lindholm. Like, yeah, I feel like his trade value is dropping every game that he plays right now. So it's like, I guess that's why I use the terminology get rid of, even though it was an improper term to use. But it's like, you know, there are other general managers and scouts, et cetera, watching this guy play. I mean, I mean, he's I, I up to he's up to eight points in ten games, man. Like we're not we're not talking about him being a borderline American leaguer. He's he's still their top center, and he has eight points in ten games. He is still one of the best two way centers in the league. I think that they'll and he has a cap of less than five million dollars. I think that there are going to be plenty of teams interested in him if when the Flames put him on the trade block. I, I I'm not. I'm not super worried about I, I get it. I get the body language. I get the inconsistency at times. He's still been one of their better players through the first ten games, in in my opinion anyway. Yeah. Well uh, hopefully Conroy can maximize their value for you know, not just them, but potential, you know, if Tanev happens to be a guy if Zadorov, even though I'd love Zadorov to stay, but I would totally understand from, from both the player and the team that they traded him, you know, there's a business and it's if somebody offers you something that you feel like you can't refuse, of course you make the deal. But um, yeah, I just I'm a little bit wary too. I'm scared, and I know it was his first trade, and I don't want to criticize a first-time general manager that much. And I do like Conroy; I, I really like the guy. But that that portfolio trade is looking like more and more trash every day. <laughs> like, ugh. so I, I hope you know. I hope he can do better on the on the other ones coming up here. Yeah, I mean, it's still a little... I mean, I know Toffoli's rolling in New Jersey. I get that, but still a little early 10 games in to call it. We don't even know what the... Like, they have a, a prospect that they like that they got in that trade, and they there's still 72 games this season of Sharon Govich. I, I get that Toffoli's rolling. I, I fully get that. But to sit here in hot take and say that trade's hot garbage, yeah, it's a little... Still a little early. Yeah, yeah good point. Um, and that's all I got. I don't know why my phone is doing what it's doing. Like I said, on my end, it sounds good, but I'm sure when I listen back, I'll, I'll see what you're saying. Uh, I hope you have a good night, my friend. All good. It's always good to hear from you, garbage phone or not. Thanks, George. All right, man. Take care. See you, buddy. 403-240-4444 is your phone number. Flames fall 4-3 to the Dallas Stars. Our Flames Talk postgame phone lines are uh, red hot. They are. Uh, it's a little more difficult to get in line because uh, there will be lots of busy signals. But keep trying. We'll take lots of calls tonight. Let's say hello to Khan. What's going on, Khan? Khan, you there? Khan going once. Going twice, and we'll have to hang up on Con. Apologies for that. Uh, instead, let's say hello to Clayton. What's going on, Clayton? How are you tonight? I'm good. How are you? Good, thanks. Hey, I'm just going to start off with I'm a Stars fan, but I was at the game tonight. and Okay. I, I can just say from a Stars perspective, I mean, great great win by us, but uh, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to lie. The, uh, uh, the Flames are my second team, and I just, you know what? It, it was pretty quiet. I was up in the press levels, but uh, 
there's just not enough fight. There's not enough want. There's not enough whatever from the Flames right now. And I don't know what the issue is. And I, I honestly feel bad. And and it, it's hard. Every time I go, I, I want to be a uh, Flames fan and whatever. But I'm wearing my Stars jersey. So it's, it's a hard well, actually, whatever, I actually so. think that they were, you know, in the, the want and try category. I think they were actually a little bit better in that regard tonight than they were in the Oilers game at, at Commonwealth or the Blues game last week. I thought they were a little better in that regard. There was definitely more urgency. And even in the second period where it swung against them, it wasn't because you felt like they lacked desperation or urgency. They just made made a couple of silly mistakes and, and they got into bad puck management. But it wasn't like a lackadaisical, lazy, or or it wasn't because of that. So I actually thought tonight their urgency and and compete level and all those things was was much better. I'll, I'll give you that for uh, the first period. I, I'm not gonna lie; it's kind of one of those things in playoffs where let's ride the wave, let's get through the first half, of the first period. But then the Stars score that first goal, and and then uh, Jimmy Jimmy Ben scores that. Uh, that shorthanded, which really helped us out, but it, I don't know. It's it's a tough ride right now. I think the Flames and the Stars. It's a good battle. It's been a good battle for years that I've been to. But I think the Flames did deserve better. They got a lot of shots on net. They were creating chances. And at no point, though, as a Stars fan, I'm not going to lie. At was I worried that we weren't going to win? So just for the Flames. Flames are at right now and everything like that. I just think that uh, I don't know what needs to change or if I'm wrong in any of this and correct me, but I just think uh, something needs to change or something like that where in years past, I've been worried and I've been on the edge of my seat, but tonight there wasn't any any uh, point in my mind where I thought the stars were not going to come out of a win. If if that's fair to say, or if you want to correct me, go right ahead. I mean, that's, I I can't I can't correct how you you felt because I'm I'm not you. But they got 22 shots in the third period. Ottinger Ottinger had to make a couple of highlight reel stops. Ryan Suter had to make a stop. Essa Lindell had to kick one out on the goal line. I mean, the Flames came close to tying it multiple times. They didn't, but. I, I, that's. I'm not. I'm not saying that you're wrong for how you feel. You get to choose how you feel. But uh, on, I, I thought. I mean, the Flames came very close to tying it tonight. You've got a. The, there's a hell of a goaltender between the pipes for Dallas, and uh, they, they definitely committed to make sure that nothing else went in. But Flames came close in, in my eyes tonight to, t- to tying it. They didn't. They've lost six in a row, and the second period sunk them. But uh, they, they did come close. Anyway, Clayton, I appreciate the call tonight, man. You have yourself a great night. Yeah, thanks a lot, you too, and uh, best of luck. Okay, thank you, man. Uh, let's take one more call before we go back inside the Flames locker room. Say hello to Anand at 403-240-4444. What's up, Anand? Good evening, Patty. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Good, thank you. Yeah, definitely the game uh, tonight, it was uh, one of the better games, like everybody has been saying. Uh, great goal by Connor Zari. Congratulations to him. 
and uh, Manchipani uh, also scored as well, so good job on that. Uh, my one question for you, are you concerned? I know you uh, particularly don't like to use the word concerned, uh, but do you think uh, the def- uh, defense side of the team will be a concern moving forward, or uh, do you think uh, they should maybe try something new or try uh, so that something will click in for the defense side? Because that's one of the uh, turnovers, and uh, that's one of the most, problem that we have right now correct yeah i mean definitely their their decision making with the puck on uh you know with the puck on their stick has has been uh suspect at times there's been a lot of i don't know it's it's just the poor puck management and and that has really led to some of the um, some of the, the breakdowns and some of the quality scoring chances against. Uh, there have been too many of them at times, and, and so am I concerned by it? Yeah, we're 10 games in. I, I do think it showed uh, some some improvement in this game tonight, so that's a positive. But, yeah, definitely. It's 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 a, it's 10 games in. They're 2-7-1. and one. They've lost six in a row. They're losing ground in, in the Western Conference. They There's there's a lot to consider here. Yeah, it's it's somewhat concerning. I still think it's fixable, but uh, it's it's concerning. All right, and one final question maybe. Uh, so Connor Zari probably is on the spot in NHL and not going to get sent back to AHL anytime soon? Is that uh, the prediction? I, I don't know. Um, I don't think he will in the next 48 hours, 72 hours. Like, I think he has earned a shot to play on Saturday against Seattle and then go from there. Okay, thank you, Pat. And one quick note, if I can make off topic. Uh, so next week, I'm going to try something new. I'm going to be a hockey play-by-play commentator for uh, under-15 hockey tournament. So I just want to thank you, uh, Derek Wills and Megan Mickelson, for the, all the inspiration, support, and kindness. I appreciate it a lot. Oh, that's uh, that's neat. Uh, good luck, hey? Let, uh, tell me how it goes. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, I'll let you know. Have okay. a good one and talk to you on Saturday. All right, Anna, and you be well. Yeah, thank you. Same Thanks, you buddy. Uh, okay, phone lines are open. 403-240-4444. Text lines open at 960-960. It's your Flames Talk post-game show. Steinberg along with you. 4-3 final score. Flames have lost six straight after a loss to the Dallas Stars here at the Scotiabank Saddledome. Let's go back inside the Flames locker room. Let's hear from Mackenzie Weger. He spoke post-game after this one tonight. Mackenzie, you and your entire team through everything happened in the third period. I don't know if there's silver linings at this point, but that probably reinforced some things, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, when we skate like that, and, you know, we got pucks to the net and we, you know, get inside guys and we forecheck the D hard, I mean, it's pretty simple. I mean, we get the puck back and we get our chances and, um, you know, we got to play like that for a full 60. What are the moments that are going to haunt you tonight when you look back on the game film as a team? Uh, I don't think I'll be haunted, but um, I thought, you know, maybe in the second period, um, you know, when we get a big goal, you know, I think the next shift has to be big. And, you know, maybe even if we get scored on, the next shift has to be big for us. And, um, you know, maybe something like that. I thought uh, Marky made some big saves for us. But in the second period, I thought there was about, you know, a 10, 10 minutes span where we were kind of tough. On the flip side of that, yeah, I mean, it did feel like that was a step forward towards the type of performances you guys would like. Did, I know you guys are focused on the process. Did that feel? Am I, am I right in saying that? Yeah, absolutely. I thought we came out uh, hard in the first. Um, you know, they kind of pushed back, but that's the game of hockey. They're a good team over there. Um, but we got to build on that. I mean, if there's a, you know, 
know something positive out of it. It's you know there were some glimpses of a great hockey team out there, and um, you know we got to build on on some great plays that we made breaking out. Neutral zone looked good, and offensively I thought we we generated more chances than normal. How Tough do you look. make sure the the frustration doesn't sort of override the glimpses you talk about? I think you just got to reinforce the positivity. I think maybe you know you go and watch your good shifts. Um, you know the things that you've done well. Um, but I think you got to move on quick. I mean, if if you get frustrated, you get down yourself in this league. It'll it'll eat you right up and spit you out. So um, you got to stay positive. You got to stick with it. And um, you know, there's a great you know leadership group and great guys in this room. I mean, when times are tough like this, we got to rally with each other. We got to care for each other and you know build confidence for the guys that might not be feeling it or you know build confidence all over the ice. And um, you know that's what we got to do as a team here. It does seem like. Result, but what did you make of the kids' performance tonight? Oh, absolutely awesome. Uh, that was. That was a great performance by Zari. I thought, you know, he worked, he worked, to, you know, to get his chances. He made some, you know, some skill plays out there. He, you know, he was behind the goalie to get that goal. He was in the right area at the right time. And I'm happy for him. He worked hard, and you know, he spent, you know, a good amount of time in the AHL. And I know how that feels to get your first like that. And I'm proud of him. On a personal note, is it better for you to get into the game when you have as many shots as you did offensively and sort of carrying the team from the back end? Yeah, I mean. You want to get shots through. I think that's been a big thing for the D is, you know, get shots to the net. I thought, I mean, I shot from the red line and then I had a little muff backhander. But, um, you know, some of the other ones were good. Um, get some bodies to the net, get shots through. Me and Andy, I thought we're, we had some chemistry back there together. and uh, We feed off each other. We want to get in there and create chances. And uh, getting pucks to the net is how, how you're going to do it. How do you this team uh, avoid those lapses that seem to costy games every now and then? <clears throat> Uh, I mean, every team's going to, you know, have lapses. I think, you know, Dallas had many lapses. Um, you just got to stick with it. I, I think, you know, if you, you, th- you start thinking about the mistake you had, the shift prior, it's just going to, you know, make it worse for yourself, I think. Um, you got to learn from your mistakes. Mistakes are going to happen. You know, are you going to go back out there in the same situation and make the same mistake, or are you going to go in the same situation and make the right, right decision? So, um, you know, we, it's just all mental, I thought. We just got some bad bounces, and, you know, hopefully, you know, we'll start to get some good bounces our way. That is Mackenzie Weger postgame following tonight's uh, 4-3 loss to the Dallas Stars. He was really good. Uh, Mick, Megan Mickelson named Mackenzie the hardest-working flame, and it is time now to select tonight's player with heart, brought to you by HeartFit Clinic, and uh, we're going to go with Nazem Kadri as tonight's player with heart. I thought this was a really strong game for Kadri. They need him to be good. They need him to be an impact maker. I thought tonight he was. Um... He was a 75.9% possession player at 5-on-5. Flames had a 22-7 shot attempt edge at 5-on-5 when he was out there. Uh, And high-danger scoring chances were 5-1 Calgary with Kadri on the ice individually. Uh, Nazem had himself a really strong game as well. He had eight shot attempts, six shots, three scoring chances, and two individual high-danger scoring chances. So we'll go with Nazem Kadri as tonight's Player with Heart, brought to you by HeartFit Clinic. For HeartFit assessments and proven treatments not available at your doctor's office, visit heartfit.ca. Let's go back inside the Flames locker room for a final time. We've already heard from Mackenzie Weger, head coach Ryan Huska. We had live conversations with Jason LaBarbera and Connor Zeri. And our last look inside the Flames locker room is Nazem Kadri following tonight's 4-3 loss to the Stars. Now, you're probably not uh, really concerned with silver linings, but is that the type of effort and performance, especially late, that you can build on? Yeah, of course. I mean, uh, of course, trying to trying to be positive and, you know, 
I think if, you know, we continue to play the way we did in that third period, I mean, you know, this is a group that's capable of winning, you know, a few in a row uh, playing like that. So just got to build off it. Like I said, I mean, uh, throughout this stretch, I felt like there's maybe a couple games that um, could have won our way, but they didn't. And, uh, you know, it's our responsibility to fight through it. Hey, you played with a lot of good players in your uh, career, and I wonder now in game one what you saw out of your uh, lineman in Connor. Mm -hmm. I, I like the way he played. I'm sure he was really nervous. Uh, you know, I tried to make him feel as comfortable as possible and, um, you know, just try to be a good influence for him. And, uh, you know, I was proud of the way he played today and the way he uh, battled and, um, you know, the confidence he had. And, you know, that's a challenge with young players is to con continue to do it. But, you know, really happy for him and uh, he, he deserves it. We hear athletes sort of talk about the process, but I'm sure that, you know, positive reinforcements of the process is working and mm. it's important. Does a game like that where, you know, you guys really pushed at the end, you, you stayed with it, does it contribute to sort of that positive reinforcement a little bit? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, they're a great team. So, uh, you know, they're, they're considered, uh, you know, a top team. And, um, you know, we could have, you know, pr easily came out with a, with a win. Um, at the end of the day, we didn't. So, uh you know that that you gotta. You know this is a business and a game of results, and, and you you like to see those results. But like I mentioned, sometimes you know hockey's a funny game. Sometimes you feel like you're playing well and uh, you got nothing to show for, and sometimes it's it's a complete opposite uh, where you feel like you're not playing so well and you're still finding ways to get wins. So um, you know we're, we're going to build off that third period. Is that approach important to you? Like you do seem like sometimes when we perceive you to be struggling, you talk about how. Mm -hmm you're playing okay, and then sometimes when you're playing pretty well, in our mm -hmm. perception, you sort of, of course, pull it back. Of course. I think, uh, you know, I think a lot of guys, uh, as, as hard as, you know, the media could be, I mean, you know, we're even harder on ourselves, and we, we understand the standard we have to play, and, and we hold ourselves. We, don't, we didn't get here not holding ourselves to that, to that standard. So, um, you know, whatever the narrative is, we expect even more out of ourselves. And, uh, you know, with that attitude, I think, uh, you know, sooner rather than later, you're, you're, you're uh, going to start seeing good things happen. Nazem, how do you, how do you keep that belief going when, d during a streak like this? How do you keep the morale up? Um, you got no choice. You got no choice, right? I mean, uh, you know, uh, if you're a negative person and you just focus on the negativity and let it consume you, that hole is going to get a lot deeper. Uh, if, you know, if you have that positive uh, energy and, you know, even though, like you guys said, there's no silver linings, but uh, you know you can you can still feel good about yourself leaving the rink, and I think tonight uh, we can. When what do you say to a guy during a game, say this first game, to sort of keep him going and keep uh, I guess keep his energy up? Um, yeah, I mean it's just play your game, really. I think uh, you know uh, he's a good player, and uh, of course he, he got the nod mm -hmm. for for a reason. So uh, you know he's just got to continue to do that. I think as a young player. You know, it's easy to kind of get revved up for your first game or your first 10 games. I mean, it's, you know, you got to be able to do it 82 games year after year, and that's where the challenge, um, you know, lies. So you know, he's got a good head on his shoulders. He's a good player, and I'm happy for him. There you go. Nazem Kadri post-game following a 4-3 loss, talking a little bit about Connor Zary and a whole lot more. Thought Kadri had himself a really solid game. As you just heard, we named him the player with heart. Um, I you need, like, it's a promising game for Kadri because they desperately need that from him. They desperately need big nights from Huberdeau. And it's not even just big nights on the scoreboard. It's big nights where they're driving the bus, and I thought Kadri was a bus driver tonight. So that that's important and, and something that's really promising. Um, 
Okay, text line remains open at 960-960. Phone lines remain open at 403-240-4444. It's time to look ahead. We will get to the phone lines and text in just a second, but looking ahead is brought to you by Oncolytics Biotech, fighting cancer by unleashing the power of the immune system. To learn more about how they use a patient's immune system to battle cancer, visit oncolyticsbiotech.com. So next up for the Flames is Saturday night against the Seattle Kraken. 8 o'clock face-off. That's a sports that one game once again on Saturday, and Flames have absolutely dominated this head-to-head matchup since Seattle entered the league a couple years ago. Flames went 2-1 and one against the Kraken last season. They are 6-1-0 and oh against Seattle in seven all-time meetings, so they'll try to keep that run going when they visit the Kraken on Saturday. So that is an 8 o'clock game Saturday. Then they're back at home Tuesday against the Nashville Predators, and then next Friday they start off a three-game road trip in Toronto. Kind of a weird, wonky schedule here. Home road, home road, home road for a little bit. Uh, that's next up for the Flames starting Saturday in Seattle, and that's looking ahead. Brought to you by Oncolytics Biotech, fighting cancer by unleashing the power of the immune system. To learn more about how they use a patient's immune system to battle cancer, visit OncolyticsBiotech.com. Okay, let's dive in on the text line once again at 960-960 on your Flames Talk postgame. Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcast. Let's start with uh, Stafford and Boness. Uh, Pat, first off, congrats to Zary in his debut. A nice spark plug for a team that's failed to ignite. I've been a season ticket holder for three seasons now, and the results are screaming for a teardown. They have promising pieces in Wolf, Coronado, even Zary. But as a season ticket holder, we have to ask ourselves if mediocrity is the winning formula. Imagine, Pat, if they started the rebuild this year. By the time we have our new arena, they'll have acquired at least a top one to five pick this year and the next couple thereafter. Imagine the dynamic, youthful lineup we could see on the ice for the first season in the new arena. Manjapati, Dubé in their prime, Coronado, Zeri, Ruzicka hitting stride, a couple of high-end first-rounders getting their feet wet, and a sprinkle of seasoned veteran experience in the likes of Kadri, Huberto, and Backlund. As a season ticket holder, it seems a couple years of being a cellar-dweller is well worth the agony. Being a team that simply battles to make the playoffs only to falter in round one or two is not a recipe I'm eager to support. That comes from Stafford and you know what we'll see where this goes I do think there are these types of conversations being had internally right now here's uh, Jason in Calgary and and you know Stafford makes a really good point or a really good case rather for how a potential retool or reload or rebuild could go uh, Jason in Calgary says I can see it now the new narrative is the flames were at least competitive tonight golly gosh darn and they only lost by one mere goal we're headed in the right direction. Just got to put this one behind us. Just got to stick to it, and the breaks will come. Stick to the game plan, blah, blah, blah. When, Patty? When will the people who are in charge realize this is not going to put bums in seats? The fans know they're not good enough. I'm 50 and a lifelong Flames fan. This is the lowest point I can remember. Lower than the young guns by far. I'm a season ticket holder since 99. I can't take watching this team. It's horrible. That's from Jason in Calgary. Um... This says, I feel sorry for Markstrom. I remember years ago the Flames had an 8-12 to game losing streak every year, so maybe the losing will end in 2-6 to games. Hooray for Connor Zeri. Would be nice if they could play three good periods instead of two. Um, this, and apologies if I don't get to um, your calls tonight. Um, 
I apologize if I don't, but uh, yeah, I will. Uh, get, sorry, your text tonight, rather. I'll get to as many as I can. Uh, this from Will in BC. Good effort, mostly. Markstrom was 867, not nearly good enough. The other guy was 935. Yes, he's playing better than last season, but not consistently, in my opinion. Too many soft ones, like last year. Only question for me when Dubé comes back, who sits or gets sent down? So Zari can play in your opinion. Well, nobody would need to get sent down. Uh, they currently are rolling with 14-7-2. So if Dubé was good to come back on Saturday, which I think there's a chance he will be, um, I think there's a decent chance Dubé could play on Saturday. Uh, nothing major, but uh, got a little banged up. I believe got a little banged up in the Heritage Classics. So... Um, just uh, needed a, a a game, and we'll see if it's more. But there's a chance he could play on Saturday. Um, so say Dubé does come back and Ruzicka's not ready, well, then you could take a hunt out of the lineup, for instance. I don't want to say that he played his way out of it or anything like that, but he's a fringe 12-13 guy. So if Dubé's ready to come back, Zeri has earned game two. So you could take a Dryden Hunt out, and then Dylan Dubé's right back in there, and Zeri stays in. So they have the ability so that they don't have to send anybody down as it stands right now. Uh, this says, um, this is some surprisingly nitpicky analysis. I've been in every home game this season, and the second period has been blowing is being blown way out of proportion. The Flames are less opportunistic than Dallas, but Dallas is also an extremely good team with a record that, that uh, with a record that's representative of their skill. A couple poor defensive moments cost them the period, but the Flames responded significantly better tonight than they have almost every other game this season. Results also only matter if you think this team has playoff potential, which this one clearly does not. Fair enough. I think the Flames are looking at it as they have playoff potential. At least they did coming into the season. So, yes. Um, but I, I, I get where that text is saying, for sure. This from Christian. Got to watch the game tonight and was impressed by Connor Zary. He clearly wants to play and win. I don't mean to sound harsh. However, the booing that was directed to Huberdeau's deserved. Uyghur looked great as well. I really don't know how the Flames can fix this other than maybe playing the young, ga- young guys all the way to create momentum. This from Sam. Wow, what a debut. Hard working and determination and drive to the net. Results in chaos and chances to score. Perhaps certain players on this team can use this Zeri script to be more impactful. Also, finally, Kadri was a bit more in the fabric of the game tonight. If I could bring in one more player to add from the Wranglers, I'd like to call up Klapka. Great size and could be a perfect player to go to the front of the net. That comes from Sam. I don't disagree. I think that he would be an interesting player to see get an opportunity. The only issue is, is that they do have have a 23-player roster limit. They do have a salary cap. Right now, they are capped out roster-wise with 23 of 23. Uh, depending on what's going to happen with Rizicka, they could open up another spot by putting him on injured reserve. But as of right now, he's not. So there are a few other considerations. But yes, to the main point of that, I'd really like to see that too. I think it'd be super cool to see Klapka. And he probably... Uh, has earned a look at some point here as well. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, this says, Pat was very impressed with Connor Zeri. Since Gaudreau's departure, no one has brought me out of my seat like Zeri did tonight. Definitely playing off some first-game adrenaline, but if he keeps this effort and production up, you have to wonder if Coronado might be Wranglers bound when the forward group gets healthy with no other players waiver-exempt on the roster. Wished a better result tonight. So he could have taken a bow when announced second star. Not sure if we'll see him back in the AHL anytime soon. That part will be up to, to Zary in a lot of ways that if and when it becomes 
uh, a healthier forward group that Jerry makes Craig Conroy's life difficult in a good way. Uh, this says from Ash, some thoughts. Uh, one, ten awful minutes cost the Flames today. Two, Huberdeau made some poor decisions in the O-zone with too many attempted passes. Three, Zeri was incredible. Is it pronounced Zeri or Zari? I think it's a tomato, tomato, tomato. I think we're going with Zeri, but... Um, it could go either way. Uh, this says probably the best game the Flames have played this year. Kadri and Uyghur were great, and Zeri was excellent in his debut. The only explanation for Huberto's game is that the Looney Tunes aliens came and stole his skill. Fair enough. I don't know if that's true, but um, that, that could be. Uh, this from Parsons. Better game, especially from Kadri and a few others. Good effort. Thoughts on Morgan Frost and a Frost for Vladar trade. Cap seems to be even, and Frost needs a fresh environment. Um, I mean, I, maybe. I don't think that that is completely um, out of uh, out of the question. Frost is 24. Um, he is not off to a great start. Um, I, I don't know if you would be able to get that type of return for Vladar solely, though. I mean, he had 46 points last year. I don't think a backup goalie with an 842 is going to net you that. You might have to put more in there. Um, but that might be the type of trade that they're looking at. It, 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 maybe not so much just for Vladar, but some of the other players that they're looking at moving. I, I do know that... Picks, prospects, absolutely on the table, but that that this management group also values young NHLers, guys who have NHL time under their belt. They value that as well, and, and Frost would absolutely be one of those guys. Um, this says, that was the first glimmer of hope. Zeri's put a halt to this horrifying slide. This from Vince. Pat, the effort and urgency much better tonight. Still, they're having lapses in their game where it's costing them. The lines were much better, and great to see Zeri. That kid has skill and very promising. Was very noticeable tonight. They need to put 60 minutes on the ice next game and show that consistency they're missing. Um, this says... I don't care if they lost. When I turned the game on, I star stared at my screen for five minutes confused, asking myself what I'm watching and what happened to the Calgary Flames. I even texted my buddy, this is not the same team we saw for two weeks straight. Kadri looks good now. Did they get replaced by a different team from an alternate universe? Thoughts? Um, I did think Kadri played well. Obviously, Zari, Zari had a good game. There were a few. Uyghur had a good game. Uh, there were definitely some, some positives in this one, no doubt about it. Uh, a few more texts. Before we hit the phone lines once again, this from Stu on Vancouver Island. Patty, the stages of the grieving process include shock, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, testing, and acceptance. This process helps people heal after experiencing loss. Symptoms of grief usually resolve after one to two years. I'd say we're moving from the anger stage to the bargaining stage with regards to the loss this fan base is feeling watching the absolute implosion of the franchise since the playoffs spanking at the hands of Edmonton. I'm hearing it already tonight. All the pundits are excusing another game, trying to pump how great of a game this was and how much better the team played and yada, yada, yada. Hard facts. Flames are second last in the entire league. They've just dropped their sixth in a row and tickets for this game tonight were available for $2 online. The Calgary Flames are an absolute, in an absolute tailspin, and I'm waiting for the shoe to drop and for a major change to be made. This is nearly 100 games over two years of sad, uninspired hockey, and I'm blown away by it. Well done to Zeri. Love to see it. That's from Stu on Vancouver Island. Um, 
Pat, I don't understand what people are talking about when they continually say get rid of people. First, you can't cut guys like the NFL or send them to the American League the way their contracts are structured. And further, you're in the business of asset management, so dumping guys for bags of pox doesn't work out. Just ask the Aginla trade. The only option is for these guys to turn around their season and maybe their attitude, but getting rid of guys only happens in fantasy football and not real life. Um, And that's a fair point. Because I don't think you want to be talking about getting rid of Noah Hannafin or getting rid of Elias Lindholm. You want to talk about Craig Conroy maximizing those assets. And so you want to be talking about them getting a really good return as opposed to getting rid of. You you don't get rid of pieces that you want to get first-round picks and prospects back for. So I, I, I do understand what that text is trying to say. Great stuff on the text line, 960-960. We've got one line open on the phone lines right now if you want to chat, 403-240-4444, following a Flames 4-3 loss to the Dallas Stars. It's Pat Steinberg along with you on your Flames Talk post-game show. We're available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's say hello to Chris. What's going on, Chris? Long-time listener, and I think I might have called once or twice before. The Prince is here. What's going on? Well, I guess we can pretty much uh, say that it wasn't Sutter's fault. I, I think... I think what we can say is that it wasn't just a Daryl Sutter thing. I, I, I definitely think they needed to make a change. I definitely think that Daryl Sutter was part of the problem last year, but not the only part. That 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 and 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 I think it would have been unfair to say he was the only part, even if they were ten and zero to start the season. Um, that they, they needed to make a change. They made the change. And now it puts the spotlight on the people who are still here and the people who are still here through 10 games this season, specifically the players, have, have not gotten the job done. So two things well, can be true at the know, same Pat, time. We're not, we're not going to know exactly what the problem is until Huberto's uh, agent speaks up, right? <laughs> but, uh, you know, once again, uh, I don't think Sutter was the problem. Uh, there again, uh, I read someplace today if he was such a good coach, why isn't he coaching someplace else? Well, if I had $8 million coming in for sitting at home, I'd probably sit home. Um, that being said, uh, the team has no identity, do they? Not right now. No, they don't. I mean, what are they? They're fast, they're young, they're... I've been, I, they I, remember, I remember asking that question to uh, my colleague Wes Gilbertson on Flames Talk and at Post Media, and I remember talking to him about that going into the season, like... <laughs> Okay, what are they? Are they fast? Are they skilled? Are they big? Are they good? Are they bad? Are they uh, well? They're hard-working? certainly up against the cap. Uh, I don't know again, if that's an identity uh, thing, the, though. The big, the biggest, uh, the biggest uh, positive change they made this year was uh, getting a new GM. Um, I have no clue um, what Treliving did for this team, other than for ten years we were up against the cap. Uh, what did we win? One or two playoff series when we made the playoffs? Yeah, two uh, two playoff series wins. Yeah. So once again, uh, whether it's a, a retool, uh, let's burn it down and start from scratch, whatever the case may be. I mean, first of all, we got to kind of decide uh, what we're looking to do. Uh, we don't have Wayne Gretzky, so we can't build around him. Um, it just—it's uh, pretty sad right now. Uh, what what did they do down in Vegas? I mean, they picked up a bunch of guys that, uh, you know, weren't stars. Uh, they, they do have uh, 
you know, Jack Eichel. But other than that, they don't have superstars down there, and yet uh, they play as a team. And, jeez, uh, I don't think they've been beat yet this year either, have they? Uh, once, but not in regulation. Exactly. So they have, I mean, once again. Anyway, it just, uh, I don't think Sutter was the problem, uh, and whether he needed to go or not. Uh, I know Murray brought him in to clean things up because if if memory serves, uh, they didn't make the playoffs the year they brought him back, but they damn near did. And then the following year, uh, did they not end up being the best in the uh, division? Correct. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, maybe maybe Sutter had something that, uh, I mean, it was the same guys, and now other than the fact that we don't have two of those guys, and maybe the two guys we brought in uh, might have been a bit of a problem. Um, who knows? But uh, let's hope they can turn it around. I think, first of all, they got to decide what they are. You know, are they skaters? Are they hitters? Are they uh, muckers? Are they... Uh, <laughs> um, they got to be something, um, you know. Sadly, uh, so many people uh, <laughs> hugging. Uh, they feel how wonderful it is. At least Edmonton's losing. Well, I don't care if Edmonton wins or loses. It's uh, this team here that we should be caring about. Right. Anyway, sir, always good to talk to you. And, you as well, uh, man. Good listening. to hear from you. You be safe. We'll talk to you soon. If I don't talk to you before, Merry Christmas. Uh, you as well, Chris. Awesome to hear from you as always, man. Be yeah. well, hey. Yeah. And you. Take care, bud. Bye-bye. Thanks, Chris. Uh, it's the Prince of Tuscany uh, chiming in. We'll hear from him a couple times a year. One of the longest-serving 960 listeners of beauty. Uh, Joseph is up next. What's up, Joseph? Hey, what's up? How we doing? Oh, I'm doing good today. How are you? I'm doing all right. So, uh, yeah, friend, what a game. It's uh, Connor's very did pretty amazing, honestly. My favorite, my favorite player is Kadri, and it felt really good actually seeing him do something for once out of the whole season. He uh, he hasn't been doing much, but it it really felt good seeing him get back into it. You know, I'm really hoping that he takes that on for the rest of the season. Yeah, that's that, and and that would be big if if that's what happens because they they need him to be a regular impact maker. They need him to be um, one of the best players on the team, and and tonight he was, and so they need that to be something that happens regularly. And and so this was a this was was a potential real positive for him, and we'll see if. Um, if if we can see more of that from him here going forward. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, he could make a really big dent into the Flames' uh, strategies, I guess. But what I wanted to say is, I didn't hear anybody talking about that goal that uh, uh, Jamie Ben, I think, got it. Um, the the shorthanded goal. Yeah, the shorthanded goal. Uh, I saw. I just saw the pucks go straight past uh, Rasmus Anderson. I did not see him. He didn't go for it. He just kind of stood there and. Well, what yeah, happened got- was what happened was his team changed, and so kind of left him out to dry, and so he had two guys. So the, his team changed. Um, Markstrom couldn't come play the puck. It was out of the trapezoid. His team assumed that Markstrom was going to play the puck so they could change. On the power play, what will happen is Markstrom will grab the puck and then and then either hold it or, or move it up. So they thought that Markstrom was going to keep possession, and so players changed. Raz 
didn't change. He stayed out there and then was kind of hung out to dry. So he was kind of rocking a hard place. Does he go for the puck carrier or does he go for the guy sneaking in who just happened to be Ben? So I actually don't put that one so much on Rass as much as I do on, on a line change that, that probably shouldn't have happened right then. Mm, all right, makes sense. Thank you for clearing that up. Uh, yeah, it's just past since the season started, I guess it's just been really hard watching the Flames. Uh, and, you know, I'm I'm 14. I'm a young Flames fan, so I really hope they're not stuck like this for until uh, I'm like 60. I really hope they they get better. I really do. Today's today's game is giving me a lot of shades of. Uh, last year's season where we had just a bunch of shots and we still lost. Uh, but yeah, it was overall, it was a better game than most of the other games in the season, especially with Connor Zary's performance. He had a pretty good, pretty good game. <laughs> yeah, he was, that, that was one of the massive positives of tonight. Oh yeah, for sure. hundred percent. All right. Well, uh, thank you so much for having me on here. Hey, no problem. Good stuff, Joseph. You have yourself a good night, hey? You too. All right, be well. Good uh, good call from Joseph. I like that. Uh, two more calls before we wrap things up. Got a couple of regulars on hold before we uh, start to close out the phone line, starting with Robert. Hello, Robert. Happy November, Patty. Happy November to you as well. You know, Patty, November is, is a special month for the veterans. When you see one, always a thank you. Because they give us a lot of freedom in our life. Everybody 100%. should never forget that. Yep, 100%. Patty, let's start with the good. Yes, Derek Connor. He deserves all the accolades, what he got tonight. But let's pump the bricks here, Patty, a little bit. I know it's Connor, some big David. You know, this, this is a tough league, Patty. Coronado at a start. You know where I'm going now with Patty. Sure. This is a tough league. When you play these teams, they catch up. We should not put pressure on these kids to be the difference makers. I don't Starting think anybody. I don't season. think anybody is though, Robert. I don't think anybody yes, is sitting. They are no petty because it's the leaders, the veterans who should be carrying this team. Yes, Zeri had a very good game tonight, but we needed a goal for Wilbur, the country, one of the veterans. Patty, what I'm trying to say. These are good young players who bring a lot of adrenaline youth, but they should not be in a position that they got to be difference makers day in and day night. Patty, you know this is a tough league. Teams, they see you two, three times. They started to judge. Listen, he deserves all the credit he got tonight, all the accolades. It was great to watch. Even that movie made, if he would have scored, I would have went crazy. But let's pop the bricks. These are young players in a tough league. Unless you're Conor McDavid, in that, those kind of players, they're not. So well, you don't. You don't. You don't need to grow. tell. You don't need to tell me to pump the brakes. I, I know no, it was. No. I, I know but it was you know a first game. I understand all, all, all the love. You know, yes, it was great, but I just caution Patty because I see a lot of these young players get swallowed up in this league, and so you have. Patty, now I'm going to give a little hockey education tonight. Not to you, because you're, you're my friend and I respect you. I want to refer to the law in the second period. I heard the law for 10, 15 minutes. Here's my take on the law. 
No, Patty, that wasn't allowed by our team. This happens when you have very good teams, Stanley Cup teams. When they says it's the time of the game, when it's 2-2, that the other team is on their heels to take the game over. And that's what Dallas did. Only very good teams, Stanley Cup teams, are able to sense this and do this. It wasn't allowed by us. And people want to say in the third period that we outshot 25. It's a big difference. We were a desperate hockey club chasing the game for two. It's not taking the game over. Dallas took the game over. When they sensed it, it was to be taken over. Am I right or wrong? I think there's, I think there's some truth to that. Yep. There's a lot of truth to that, Patty. And yep. I don't want to be sarcastic. Only, the only time you, the average teams can do that when you play poor teams. Soon as that 2-2 goal game, there were stretches for about two, three minutes. Dallas, over, we looked like an AHL team against an NHL. We couldn't even get the puck. That's the difference between being a very good team and an average team. For sure. I mean, look, D- Dallas is a top-of-the-line team. They were in the Western Conference Final. They're, they're a team that some people are choosing to, to win a Stanley Cup. They're, they are they are a, I think it's fair to say, the Stars are one of the top teams in the Western Conference, and the Flames are not. And I push back on that, Pat, because I watch a lot of hockey. No, I don't have it. I know my stuff. I didn't like the word dull. It seems like that we went in. No, no. I didn't like the word, and that's my explanation to, to that. Because people, when we were leaving tonight, they were saying, well, we took the game over in the third period. No, no. You take the game over when it's 2-2, not when you're behind 4-2. When you're behind 4-2, you're chasing, you're desperate. You're not taking... And that's yeah. and that that's that's very fair and and well heard. The only thing that I would rebut on that is that mm-hmm. at the very least they did show something in the third period. And I know that that's you know in a lot of ways and and in some minds would be grasping at straws and fair enough. Mm-hmm. But at the very least they they did not roll over and down by two after forty they pushed and made life difficult on a, on a very good Stars team. Obviously they dug themselves a four two hole to your point about what the Stars did in the second period, but. At the very least, there was a little fight in the third period. That's that's the uh, fair, fair enough. That, that's how I, I, I would I, just I, I would just add that to the conversation. No, no, I understand what you're saying, Patty. Even though to me, I, I don't I don't accept. I understand what you're saying, but to me, that's what I was playing. I want to ask you, Patty, choose quickly. I'm kind of worried, Max, from those goals going through the wickets. I know he's been our best player, but he's still I. I see too many of those goals go between his legs this year, Patty. Uh, the I only one that through. went between his legs today was almost impossible to stop because so, I understand. it took I understand. it took Hannafin's stick like it, it Hannafin's stick went with the shot, remember? And then mm-hmm. that stick the, it deflected it. So uh, that one I think he would have made the stop otherwise, mm-hmm. but um, on on that particular case, uh, that was almost impossible to stop. And you know, Patty, just before I go, he's one in seven. You know he's going to have a few games he's going to play bad, right? And I'm wondering now, looking ahead, how many games he, you, can, you can really sit him out. Anyway, Pat, I don't want to think of that because you said uh, November Thanksgiving, right, Pat? I said the first week in October. I hope I'm wrong. I've never been wrong too many times. But anyway, Patty, can I ask you a question? Where sure. does Edwards reside in Europe? Uh, Switzerland, England? Where does he reside? 
I believe well, I believe he's in town right. I believe he was at the game tonight, so currently resides in Calgary. Uh, but I believe Switzerland uh, is where he is uh, for most of the most of the year. Oh yeah, Switzerland. They have good chocolate there, like Belgium. Apparently, it's beautiful in Switzerland. Yeah, they have good good chocolate in like Belgium, and I guess your bank accounts are very protected in Switzerland. That is what I hear. <laughs> You're the best, Fanny. You know, that's why you come a long way. I remember you when I first met you at Shanks with Rob Kerr the first time. You come a long way, sir. Nice talking to you. Have a good one. Good to hear from you, Robert, as always, pal. Uh, our final call tonight uh, following a Flames 4-3 loss to Dallas uh, the, is, is to Tony. What's going on, Tony? Hey, Pat. How are you, buddy? I'm good, man. How are you? Yeah, not bad. Man, I, I, is it possible that this team is much more worse than last year? You think last year we were, it was one goal games. We couldn't score, right? We were in a lot of games, if you look at it. A lot of overtime losses. A lot of one goal games we lost. This year, it's like, well, I don't know what's happening. And the caller to, to, to the caller tonight, uh, he took my stuff. I said, I want to apologize to Sutter. I was one of the guys that said we got to get rid of Sutter. But well, Sutter, they did need to make a change, though, Tony. Like, that, they oh, did. But the problem, Pat, just like the other caller said, this team has no identity. At least with Sutter, we we were a, the big, strong team. We're still we're we're not even a tough team anymore. We're not even fast. We're we're still not fast, and we're not as tough anymore. We don't play a defensive system anymore. We don't have the offensive power to play the offensive system. Um, I really believe Conroy now is scared to make a trade because he got fleeced on the Toffoli trade. No, I don't think he is. And you go with, with Lindholm and Hannafin? We're going to get less now than we would have got in the summer. I, agree. I, don't, I, don't, I don't agree with that in the slightest. In fact, I think you'd get more right now. But if we wait till the deadline, you think we'll get more, Pat? You th- do you really believe that? I don't know, if the, I don't know for Hannafin or, and Lindholm if they would wait to the deadline. Because okay, guys like Zadorov. Kind of, I understand. You wait for the deadline. You probably yeah, wait but more. but the deadline's in February, Tony. We're in it's November first, so there's a lot of time between now and the deadline. Yeah, like I, I just like I, like I said, like I said, I want to apologize to Sud. Like Huberdeau's still not doing anything. I I'm not sure what the problem is there. They're playing them lots. Uh, I I just don't don't get it here, Pat. Like, you know, I know it's only ten games in, but come on, man. Like, wow. Like this team, it's. Tonight they didn't play too bad, I have to admit. It wasn't that bad, but it's still. For the most part, they've been blown away. It's like the other teams are are just skating around. It's like nothing. Like, I don't get it. Like, we're supposed to have more speed. And the thing is, like I said, we don't have more speed. We lost toughness. We're getting pushed around, but the problem is no identity. Like, you, that you that part that? I'll agree with you. Uh, like they, they do not have an identity right now. Like, I... And, and they're they're trying to build it, and and they're trying to you know answer the question of what are you? Right now, they don't have an identity. That that I cannot disagree with that, and that's something that they're going to have to figure out as the year goes along. They've got seventy two games left. The problem is that if this doesn't get figured out, like the issues right now, mainly the losing issue, if that doesn't get figured out here soon. 
there are go- I, I do think we're in a pretty interesting pocket here, Tony. I, like, if, if this doesn't start to get rectified and they don't start to show some real signs of progress, like more games like what we saw against Dallas plus getting the right result, if that doesn't happen then I don't think we're that far off from a trade involving Noah Hannafin. I don't think we're that far off from a trade involving Elias Lindholm. I really don't. Okay, you know what, Pat? I think the, old, the only un- untradeable contract we have is Ruby Gross. I even think Cadres is tradable. Even if you have I do to trade too. Because you know, he's a I just don't think uh, I don't think it's winger. tradable in se- I don't think it's tradable in season. If they were to go down that road, I think it would have to be in the summertime. Okay, I think at the deadline it could be traded. If Calgary holds on to a million and a half, two million, I, and he's a content, like he's a playoff player. He's a he's won the cup. You know? Not not so, completely out of the question. I, I, that's that's I'll, I'll grant you that. I I, I can agree with yeah. that. Um, I it so, still feels more likely in the summertime though, at least in my eyes. Yeah, but I could be I could be dead wrong on that. Let's hope they turn it around, and if they don't, let's hope they don't get fleeced on Lindholm and Hanuk, and that's. That's the only thing I'm scared of, and you know. I don't even. Th- I think it's kind of ridiculous for you to say you got fleeced on to Foley too. I really do. Well, it's ten I, games. I, it's ten games. We don't. I, we don't I, know what the draft point, pick's going to turn into, and we don't even know what Sharon Govich is going to be yet. So, like, eh, it it does not look good. Ten games in, sure, to Foley's had lots of success and good on him. He's a good hockey player, and he's playing really well in New Jersey. But it's gear down, and they got fleeced. We have no idea. Okay, I'll give you that because he is playing with Hughes, and I guess uh, most people would have some goals playing with Hughes. So uh, I could see, I could, I could see that point. But let's see what happens, Pat. You know, thanks for taking my call, and you have a good night, brother. Good to hear from you as always, Tony. Talk soon, hey. Take care, bye bye. Thanks, man. That'll wrap us up on the phone lines tonight. Thank you very much for all your input and on the text line as well. Great stuff on both the phone lines and the text line on this Wednesday night as we start to move towards the conclusion of your Flamestock postgame show. It's time for tonight's final summary. It was a good first period for the Flames and a great start to the NHL career for Connor Zary as Connor Zary plays his first NHL game and on his first NHL shot. He scores his first NHL goal at 5.28 of the first period. Zeri makes it 1-0 Calgary. His first from Chris Tanev and Nazem Kadri, and it was 1-0. Stars tie it shorthanded, though, late in the first period. Jamie Benn's third of the year makes it 1-1. Rope hints and Essa Lindell, the assist at 19.06. That shorty uh, had us with a 1-1 tie in the uh, first intermission. Second period, Flames go back out in front on an Andrew Mangiapane goal. He rips home his fourth of the year. Mangiapane from Mackenzie Weger and Elias Lindholm at a buck 57, and it was 2-1 Calgary. Stars tie it, though, less than four minutes later on a Jason Robertson goal. Robertson picks up his second from Hintz and Joe Pavelski at 535. Then less than five minutes after that, Stars take their first lead on an Evgeny Dadanov goal, his third of the year. Dadanov from Nils Lundqvist and Ben at 10 07 made it 3-2, and the Stars take a 4-2 lead late in the second period. Mason Marchment scores his second of the year. Marchment from Matt Duchesne and Tyler Sagan at 19-49. Stars had a 4-2 lead after 40 minutes of play. Early in the third, Flames score a power play goal to get back within one. Mackenzie Weger with his second of the year. Weger from Kadri and Lindholm at 2:20 on the power play to make it 4-3. 
Flames pushed hard. Give them credit. They fought hard. They're unable to tie it, though, in the final 17-plus minutes of the third period. Jake Ottinger made a couple of big stops, and uh, 4-3 ends up being your final score. Final shots were 46-30 in favor of Calgary. Flames go 1-5 for five on the power play. Dallas 0-2 oh on the man advantage tonight. Your three stars, number three, Nazem Kadri, number two, Connor Zeri, and your number one star tonight was Jake Ottinger, who made 43 stops in net for Dallas with the loss. Flames fall to 2-7-1. and one. They're back in action Saturday on the road in Seattle, while Dallas improves to 6-1-1. One and one. They're back in action tomorrow on the road in Edmonton. That is your final summary, and now for everyone involved in Flames hockey tonight, for our broadcast crew of Derek Wills and Megan Mickelson, for our on-site engineers, Tim Khalil and Randy Opperman, for our reporter, Logan Gordon, and for our outstanding producer, Shan Vergie. My name is Pat Steinberg. That'll start to wrap us up here on our Flames Talk post-game show, which is available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcast. Next up for Calgary, Saturday night on the road against division rival Seattle. That is an 8 o'clock face-off, which means we're on the air at 7 o'clock with your Calgary Flames warm-up. Have yourself a wonderful rest of your Wednesday. Have yourself a wonderful rest of your week. Final score, Flames fall 4-3 to the Dallas Stars here at the Scotiabank Saddledome. This has been your Flames Talk postgame show available wherever you get your podcasts. And this has been Calgary Flames Hockey on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.